This is Episode 2 with San Antonio entrepreneurs Jade Ribe and Junab Ali, co-founders and presidents of the relationship company that just happens to do IT, Mobius Partners. Welcome to San Antonio Business Heroes. I'm your host, Angelica Palm, here to share the business blueprint of how businesses are built and grown in San Antonio. Each month, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unleash your full business potential. Now let's power your business. Today, we talk with two technology leaders, Jay Uribe and Junab Ali, who founded Mobius Partners nearly 20 years ago in San Antonio. They borrowed a couple of thousand dollars from their families, took out an SBA loan, and paid it all back within their first year of business. Last year, Entrepreneur Magazine placed Mobius on their top company culture list, and the founders were named Most Valuable Tech Titans by Insight Success Magazine. Mobius is named one of the best places to work in Texas for nine years running. They show us that creating a company culture that attracts the right people for your team makes a business successful. Mobius has Fortune 500 customers nationwide, and they have a company culture that is better than any HR manual can imagine. In this interview, we explore the highs and lows of entrepreneurship because you learn more in the valleys than you do in the peaks. We talk about how having an opportunity mindset builds success, how putting together the right team is like creating a new family, and we cover that topic of company culture. These entrepreneurs tell us how they remain innovative when technology is changing every three to six months and how to remain innovative yourself. They'll discuss the mistake of going after the largest market when you should instead be focused on what you do best and how that creates your unique position in the market. And they'll tell you bluntly, and I quote, there is not a right time to start a business, you just gotta jump in and do it. This conversation is going to elevate your view of entrepreneurship in possibly a life-changing way. I'm so excited about this and I want you to share this with your friends, colleagues, and those who need inspiration to power their business or idea. So as you're listening, take a screenshot Tell me what you think about the podcast or tag us at SA Business Heroes over on Facebook or Instagram. Let us know that you're listening and what you'd like to hear more about. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Before we dive in, a quick thank you to our sponsor, the Bank of San Antonio, member FDIC. Now, if you're like many San Antonians out there who have a great idea, but don't quite know how to get started, or if you have a business and you're thinking about scaling up, You know that there's so much information out there, but you don't have time to scour the internet for it. This is where the Bank of San Antonio can help you with their business banking coaches who share the information you need to fund and grow your business and customize the right solutions to power your business or idea. The Bank of San Antonio business banking coaches are incredibly passionate about helping San Antonio entrepreneurs reach their full potential. They can tell you how to leverage SBA loans, protect your investment with business insurance, and increase your efficiency with a high-performing business bank account. My personal favorite is their one-on-one coaching sessions where they ask about your business to really understand it so together you can plan for the now and for the future. So I want you to get started right now. For a limited time, the Bank of San Antonio has a special offer for you. Go to thebankofsa.com forward slash business heroes and check out our free guide called The Business Blueprint that covers every aspect of building and growing a business and includes advice from local entrepreneurs like Hope Andrade, Graham Weston, and other business leaders. You're going to learn in this guide how to build a strategic business plan, 
how to increase profits and scale your business. Get the Bank of San Antonio's Guide to Full Business Growth, The Business Blueprint, when you go to thebankofsa.com forward slash business blueprint. Download your free business blueprint guide today at thebankofsa.com slash business blueprint. One more time, thebankofsa.com slash business blueprint. A big thank you to our sponsors today. And without further ado, let's get talking about the company who harnesses the most advanced and strategic technologies available to innovate and transform businesses, the one and only Mobius Partners. So Junab, thank you so much for your time and coming here to talk with me today about Mobius Partners. Mm-hmm. The name is very unique. Where is it from? Mobius came from a German ma- mathematician, last name is Mobius. And basically, uh, Jay and I were talking about it and coming up with a name. You know, we felt like we wanted to start a company that was uh, very strong in partnership. Um, and if you look at a Mobius symbol, typically what you do is you take a strip of paper to create it, uh, turn it, t- put the two ends together, and what it creates is something that looks like the infinity symbol. It looks like two sides, but it's actually one side and never ends. And so we wanted to view um, Jay's and I's relationship as never ending, but we also wanted to hire those folks and make them feel like we wanted some uh, long tenured folks with us. And so that I think was a creation of what we wanted in the company and what the creation of our culture. We are definitely um, a relationship company that just happens to do IT. <laughs> and, and that's first and foremost. That's always first and foremost. So looking at relationships, so it was it, your company was founded on having a strong partnership. Mm-hmm. So how did you and Jay meet? So uh, Jay and I met in high school and, you know, um, we were sophomores in high school. I was uh, there at Central Catholic for one year. Then I moved on to another school. I played soccer and um, that was really driving me through my, my youth. And so, um, you know, as you know, in San Antonio, people tend to run into each other a lot. You're typically only one person away from knowing everyone in the whole city. And their mother. And their mother too, yes. And, and, and you know, and it's funny that Mobius was created and founded in, in San Antonio and based in San Antonio. San Antonio is very much a relationship city, also. So you know, for us, that kind of just is ingrained into, I think, kind of how Jay and I were raised growing up in San Antonio. And so, um, you know, throughout the years, we would run into each other. Like we ran into each other at the Incarnate Word gym. And then um, here I am interviewing for a company in a new position, a technology company coming from a financial uh, background at Frost Bank, and sure enough, Jay's interviewing me for the position. How interesting. And it was like, okay, my buddy now with uh, the boss is now gonna interview me in a, in a company that had six employees. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, it's very, it very interesting. So that's something that I love about San Antonio, and, and I love that you've tapped into that. I think that it is a city that is perfect for entrepreneurs. It really is. What have you experienced having is a company anchored in San Antonio in terms of finding clients and having relationships? So I'm glad you asked that question. You know, um, growing up in San Antonio, it seemed to me, you know, when you compared San Antonio versus other cities, especially like when you're thinking about you're in high school and you think about, okay, where do I want to be? Um, what do I want to do when I grow up? And I'll be honest with you, San Antonio wasn't necessarily on the top of the list because, you know, you want to go East Coast, West Coast, especially from a financial background. San Antonio wasn't known at the time for a big financial center compared to like New York or like San Francisco, right? But, you know, as uh, luck would have it, um, San Antonio has just blossomed into this great city, right? Not that it was uh, not a great city before, 
But being in Texas and then being in San Antonio, from an economic perspective, from a cost perspective, from, you know, again, leaning back on the relationship perspective, I mean, you really couldn't be in a better place. No, that's And I, that's I still so feel true. like to this day, I mean, like as Jay uh, said, we still have a long way to go. And I think the city of San Antonio has, has a lot to do with that. And that's so exciting. And, and thinking about you as a sophomore in high school, if somebody would have told you, actually, one day, this guy that you're friends with, you're going to own a successful company together, would you have believed it? Uh, I know. I, I honestly, um, I'd like to say yes, but I mean, now that, you know, at that time, life can take you in so many different directions. Um, and, and knowing that, you know, I had no doubt, though, the relationships I had then would still be true today. Um, but there's no way that you could predict uh, this, this kind of company that Jane and I have been able to create. Looking at your past and in your family, you know, sometimes entrepreneurs are continuing a lineage of entrepreneurship. Did you have entrepreneurs in your family to set as an example? Yes, I did. So um, both my parents actually grew up in Detroit, Michigan. And to make a better life for my sister and I, um, my parents moved to Texas when I was about uh, two years old. So, you know, for the most part, all I've known is Texas and San Antonio. Um, so um, we, we were just very fortunate to, to make it down here. And, and being entrepreneurs and coming from an entrepreneur family, my dad was in, was in real estate. And obviously that's, you know, that's, that is an entrepreneur. And then um, my mom started a beauty salon and owned it for 15 years. Neither one of them had a, you know, college education um, at the time. And um, so, you know, I, I remember being always taught. The story I remember from my dad was he used to be an air traffic controller. So in 1983, the president of the United States uh, fired all the air traffic controllers. So I, I just remember, I think I was in third grade, my dad always saying, you know, don't work for anybody else. Go, you know, start your own business and then watch my mom go out and do that. Um, and, and I saw the benefits of that. And the benefits was, you know, whenever... You know, after school, I'd stop by the hair salon just to, you know, chat it up or if I needed a haircut back then I had hair, but, you know, just chat it up again, you know, and, and it was nice to be able to have that kind of uh, familial environment where she had folks that she had hired uh, cutting hair and it was just kind of a nice environment to be in. So if you were to look at the top three lessons that you learned from having entrepreneur parents who, against the odds, made it and reinvented themselves even mid-career, yeah. what did you learn? So I learned that, um, you know, especially here in the United States, that we have every opportunity in the world. If we see someone uh, successful, there's nothing that says that we can't do that also. And, you know, and there was a lot of, you know, when Jay um, told the story about, you know, I'm getting down and he'd bring me back up or, or vice versa. You know, at the end of the day, you really have to believe that you can make it as well. If, if we ever thought we couldn't make it, we wouldn't have. We thought we could, so we tried. And, and just having that opportunity to do that, I think it's huge for, um, again, people in the United States, but you know, then just the kind of the, the recipe for success here we had in San Antonio, I think led to where we are today. Well, and, and you're part of the generation too that grew up in San Antonio, left a little bit, and then came back. Mm -hmm. and, and so there is this influx of young professionals who are putting roots into the city right. and growing the next generation of businesses. Correct. And I think that, that's a great opportunity to understand and realize how great we have it here in San Antonio. So it, you know, even as uh, we have the opportunity to travel for, for work, and as much as we might love or like other cities, um, we, we truly do call San Antonio home. That's I mean, wonderful. It's, it's, a great, it's a great place to be, really. 
Well, looking at your success, the skyrocketing success that Mobius Partners has had, a lot of blessing has has come towards the company. Mm -hmm. And and part of that is great responsibility with the community and with your employees. Absolutely. So how would you say that is one of the strongest ways that you invest back into the community? Well, so from an employee standpoint, um, you know, if uh, someone is on the board or is volunteering, we give free time off to do that. We don't count against their paid time off or anything like that. We actually also um, do a financial, we create a budget every year. We do uh, create a budget so that we can support uh, employees as, as they need to in their, uh, their nonprofits and their, their community service. Um, Jay and I also do a lot of community service. Um, right now, I'm in uh, Leadership San Antonio. Our last class was community involvement where uh, we went to pre-K 4SA and me personally pulled weeds and uh, did some yard work, uh, you know, in that, in that hot sun. And we, we also went to the SA Food Bank. We, we prepared meals. Um, as a company, we've been known to do, as a, as a team building event, a few years ago, we did um, Haven for Hope. Where we did the same thing where we, uh, you know, cut up food and, you know, we all had our hairnets on and we were, you know, had music going and we we're enjoying each other's company and, and at the same time, we're serving our community. That's and that's, that's really big. And I know that Mobius Partners has won several awards about being the best place to work in Texas, several years running. Mm-hmm. And I know that you call your employees, uh, what are they called? Uh, groovers. Groovers, right. yes. So what is the story behind Groovers? It's a funny name, right? I mean, it always puts a smile <laughs> on somebody's face. You know, and if it's not Mobius that they ask, well, what's the origination of that or, or Groovers? Um, so basically, early on, um, you know, Jay and I first started out of my house, then we moved to a 1,300-square-foot office off 281, right, 281 in Isom. And I remember being, um, we had, you know, obviously it was a small office, and Jay and I had each our individual uh, office within that office. And we had, like, all these Hewlett Packard uh, executives come into us. And we were just Jay and I, and literally it was just Jay and I in, in my, you know, tiny office with 10 other people, so we're, like, packed like sardines. And anyway, so we were, we were just, I mean, we were probably a couple million dollar revenue company. And um, um, one of the executives, his name was Stephen Hagler at Hewlett Packard. He said, uh, you know, one of, these, one of these days you guys are going to be a $10 million company. And my eyes was like, oh, really? Wow, that, that'd be great. And then he goes, you know, you guys are like, you guys are groovers. And, you know, we thought, that, well, that's, that's really cool. And so, you know, it makes you think of like grooving. You know, yeah, just, yeah. But what we call groovers are those people that have that special sauce. And it was always difficult for Jay and I to describe. Um, it's like having that can-do attitude. It's willing to, you know, you get hired for one position, but you know what, you'll do whatever it takes to get, you know, the job done or get, make the company successful. And typically, again, being a relationship-based company, um, we'd like to think that relationship is built on trust. It's a transfer of trust between parties, right? And so... I know when you hire people like that, um, even when things don't go right, those kind of people make it right. They take responsibility, and then, and then they go the extra mile to make up for it or make it right. And so I think that's really the, the backbone of what a groover is and really the backbone of what Mobius is. And so, you know, we mentioned relationship. We mentioned culture. You know, we mentioned a lot of these, same, these, these, these uh, words or descriptions, but they all kind of mean the same thing. And I think you get... And a feeling for Mobius, and then, and then it creates an identity um, within our own community within Mobius, but also I think we can project that uh, to the rest of the community. And looking at having such a strong, solid identity that you have earned year over year, 
and, and beaten projections. How, as a new entrepreneur, would you give advice on how they brand their company to match that identity so that it is on the foundation of authenticity? Yeah, great question. You know, and I, I think that maybe where um, you know potential entrepreneurs may may get kind of sidetracked. Um, typically, you know, you want to go after the largest market, and sometimes I think that could be a mistake. You know, you, you have to establish. A, you know, you want to go after and you want to sell this, 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 and this. I believe that, you, or we believe that, you should be focused, and and that focus will develop your identity and being the best at something. Um, you don't want to be the jack of all trades and be the master of nothing. You want to master something. And so when Jay and I have decided, you know, and this is, this is, I think this is true for all our entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs that pick something that you're really, really great at or that you can be great at and, and just follow through with that. How did you maintain that desire to succeed in, in the valleys? Was there a moment when you were afraid that you wouldn't have enough money to keep the doors open or <laughs> yes, or that you two would be in your house forever? So since day one, um, you know, Jay mentioned about, um, you know, borrowing from our parents and then we went out and got an SBA loan and then we paid back the loan and our parents all within a year. And from that point forward, we've been self-funded. We've had no outside investors. You know, so the time when um, we had sold some memory, some you know, computer memory that you put into a server, we literally put $80,000 on our credit cards, and that's how we financed it. And it was really a day where I said, Jay, here's a list of com- credit card companies. Here's my list of credit card companies. Let's start filling out the applications. Let's start doing it. Because what, what would happen is we would sell on net 30 terms to our customers. So that means we sell the product, and then we would collect our customers in 30 days. Well, our vendors wouldn't allow to send us credit because we were brand new. And so we, we floated it on the credit cards. As soon as we collected it from our, from our customers, we paid off the credit cards. Um, that was scary, but yeah. we got some uh, traveling points with that. So we were, <laughs> <laughs> that was okay with us. So, so how do you balance between the feeling of exhilaration and absolute terror? Yeah, it's, it's that feeling of, again, you, you know, the, the previous question of the peaks and valleys. I mean, that's, that's being an entrepreneur, but... Yes, it is a little scary sometimes, um, but it is absolutely 100% rewarding, um, not only from, from the financial, but it's really the feeling that you get. And I think if you take every day as a day of learning, even in the peaks and the valleys, because the valleys, I think you probably learn more than you do in the peaks. Um, you know, um, I think, I don't know if it was Warren Buffett or somebody else that said, you know, you know, when the tide is when the tide is in, you know, everybody's in their swimsuits and everybody's great. But when that tide goes back out, you know, that's the that's the scary part. So again, in, in the in the valleys, I think it's an opportunity for you to sharpen your skills. What have you learned in the valleys? I've learned that um, I, I don't want to be in the valleys. <laughs> I know that you know as much as you do learn that you don't want to be in them. But again, I think it's a great opportunity to learn um, some really good things. I mean, that's what they call experience. You don't get experience from just all success. You get you learn experience from the ups and downs. And when you look back upon that, you can draw upon that to, to help yourself, but quite honestly, to help other people, the other future entrepreneurs, as you're as you're um, asking. When you look at what makes an entrepreneur, is there a certain type of entrepreneurial DNA? I mean, your mom owned her own business. Yeah, you know, I, I, I truly believe that anybody can be an entrepreneur. Um, you know, even in like. If I look back upon all the conversations you know you have with family, friends, strangers, a lot of people they have the perception that you're an entrepreneur, and they say, "I have this great idea." And my next thing I'm thinking in my mind is, "Go do it, make it happen." 
and I'm not, I'm not saying that one day you have this idea, the next day it happens, but it's a lot of figuring it out. Um, if you have an idea for something, there's probably a hundred more steps you have to take. But you have to be willing to do that. And then you have to be willing to put the time and the effort and the energy, and not only for yourself, but connect yourself with, like, like I'd say for myself when I did with Jay, is connect yourself with really great people that compliment yourself. Business books will tell you, find a great lawyer, find a great CPA, find a great this and that. That is true, but you have to do that uh, even beyond those kind of, um, you know, all the, the obvious, right? You, you got to connect yourself with, you know, people who are experts in the area. You got to connect yourself with great uh, support system in your family, your spouse, your friends. Um, so I think that's very important. Looking at your important relationships, um, I've spoken with your bankers at the Bank of San Antonio, mm -hmm. and they talked about how close you are with them. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of entrepreneurs, one of the biggest challenges going in and opening your doors is securing a small business loan. Oh, yeah. So how, what advice would you give to future entrepreneurs to find the right partners, but then also to get their finances in order to secure a loan? So the first thing I would do is, um, you know, network, uh, try to connect to other entrepreneurs, ask them questions like, you know, who do you bank with? Who do you recommend? And, you know, even though they are successful and they have great bankers, you have to find someone who connects with you, right? I like to think it's called chemistry. It can't be described. It doesn't make anybody good or bad, but what fits together, right? And it's just like when, when Jay and I and, our, and the rest of the folks within Mobius hire other uh, groovers, you got to find those personalities that really mesh really well. And I think that's true of the other partners that you select also. And even then, you know, we've uh, you know we've had a few banking relationships, and now we finally have a, you know a very strong banking relationship with Bank of San Antonio. I know, and, it, and it's just not that business part either. It's the it's when you feel like the person that's on the other side of the table, like Bank of San Antonio, they ask questions because they want to understand your business. And it's not only just understanding your business, but it's understanding your business then, now, and in the future. And when you know that person is, is genuinely interested, then that builds that level, level of comfort, which again, it goes back to relationship and that transfer of trust. And it's also, you know, having a partner on both sides who understands where you want to go so that you can build the foundation right. for the next $10 billion, for right. the next growth strategy. Exactly. You know, the other thing is with um, having those relationships, it's not one-sided. Even when you have a vendor relationship, like a banking relationship, you know, um, it's, it's giving on Mobius' part also. And you can't, you can't think of it as just being one way. You know, um, the bank has certain responsibilities to shareholders and to, you know, employees and to themselves. And so um, working with each other to accomplish a mutual goal, I think, is important. I totally agree. Yeah. If you were to give advice to a future entrepreneur of a potential blind spot, you know, a problem, um, something that you know that they don't know, but that they should know, mm -hmm. what would that be? Um, when I think about this question, I, I think about um, how great it is to be an entrepreneur. And I know that there's a lot of blind spots, but uh, I'd like to first talk about the, it is unbelievably rewarding. You know, when Jay and I first started out, um, you know, it was about, we needed to provide it for our family. And it just so happened that um, the extra benefit was we actually created a family, another family. And when you go through and you create this business and you, you have the opportunity to hire someone who just came out of college and then, you know, they start dating and they meet their spouse and they get married and then they end up buying their first house and they're buying their first car and then they're, they're having kids. 
and then they're having more kids and then they buy their second house. And I mean, we have folks have been with us, you know, 13, 14, 15 years out of 18. And when, you ever, when you're able to see those life stages and you look back, it, it's, it, that is unbelievably rewarding and something uh, I never thought about. You know, from a, uh, the pitfalls, um, I think a lot of times people think that being an entrepreneur is just very glamorous. It's e- not maybe easy, but it's, it's, you know, you got this and you got that. And it's, it, you know, the reality is um, you have to stay grounded. And, and being an entrepreneur, is, it is uh, a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. Um, there is no, I work from eight to five. There's no hours of operation. There's no, there's really no vacation time. I mean, there, you know, you just do what you do. Maybe, maybe because you love it, maybe because you have to. Um, you know, um, the other side of it is when things go wrong, it's on our shoulders. Although, you know, we have great folks that take care of a lot of stuff, but, you know, at the end of the day, it really is, uh, comes down to Jay and I. Yeah. yeah. And so, how do you maintain that strength? Um, I think, we, well, luckily we have someone to lean on, right? And that's, you know, that's really nice. I guess it's just what we learned in sports. What advice would you give to some young high school kid who doesn't have parents or come from a family of entrepreneurs? You know, so we do um, have, take those opportunities to speak with young folks about uh, different things, whether it's just, you know, the future, what, what careers they want to um, go after and that sort of thing. So a lot of it is asking questions about them but what they want to do to try to um, answer that question for them or um, help them see the opportunities. And I think that's important for very young people that uh, may be in difficult situations. I think hope is extremely important because again, like when Jay and I started, if we didn't believe we'd be successful, there's no way we would have ever started. Or if we never even knew that the opportunity existed to, to create Mobius, we would have never started. So again, with young people, I think it's very important to help them um, understand that there are opportunities and that they can be that person to be in the shoes to create the next thing. And, and so what advice would you say for them to believe something that they can't see yet? Um, I, I'm a big believer in education. And I think first is to always work hard and to show up. You know, um, one thing, like, I have, I have two daughters. One thing I tell my daughters is, you know, it's one thing to... Um, work as hard as you can and, and not make the grade that you want to make. But it's one thing to, to not even put your name on the paper and turn it in. The latter part is not acceptable. You have to show up. You have to put your name on the paper. You have to work your hardest. And, and once you submit that, that homework or that grade or that, that work, coursework, um, you have to feel good that you've, you've done your best. And then keep your mind open for opportunities. Listen to people. You know, opportunities will, will present themselves in ways that you never would have expected. And, um, you know, um, a lot of entrepreneurs say they've succeeded when people have told them, no, you can't do it. And I think that's true. But the other th- side is also being able to recognize the opportunities and just listen. It's funny, if you read, listen, and you can listen to, you can go to conferences, you can listen by networking, you can listen to strangers. And if you put all these data points together, That'll lead you to somewhere. But I think you have to have an open mind to, to, um, for that to happen. To learn and to, to grow. Right. And I can see that owning those opportunities has helped make Mobius Partners what it is today. I, w- I would like to think so, yes. I mean, um, I think we've been very, very fortunate to, to come across the people that um, work with Mobius and that continue to do so. And, you know, as Jay was saying, with um, we all spend a lot of time together. I mean, we, more time than we actually spend at home with our families. 
And so to create an environment where people actually want to go to work versus have to go to work, and then at the same time, we'll burst through walls for you, which will take on those challenges. When people do that for you, that's you got to really treasure that responsibility. Well, it sounds like your groovers are gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> way to, good way to put it. I'm sure if we didn't call them groovers, we'd probably call them gladiators. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today. Yes, thank you. What I liked most about my interview with Janab is when he advised entrepreneurs against focusing on being a jack-of-all-trades but a master of none. And instead, you should focus on what you're really great at and establishing your unique position in the market. Next, we hear from Jay at Mobius Partners about his role and his advice to the next generation of entrepreneurs. So Jay, thank you so much for being here with me today to talk about Mobius Partners and everything you guys have done. Um, I'd like to go back and talk about your past and what has been part of your entrepreneurial journey. So I know in college you played basketball. How would you say that you leveraged those strengths and those skills as a basketball player on a scholarship to be able to lead a successful company today? I think part of it is is the competitive nature that you get when you play sports all your life, you know, from when you're little all the way through high school and then through college. Um, it definitely helped us in uh, when Janab and I first started in that uh, there were days that uh, we didn't want a cold call. It was just Janab and I in an office or in, in uh, at his house where we didn't want a cold call. We didn't want to, you know, we were getting a bunch of no's. But that competitive spirit where you don't quit, like it's as if it's like the second half of a, of a soccer game or a second half of a basketball game where we just couldn't quit, right? And we get to a point where, you know, he had, when we first started, he had one daughter and I had three kids and it's like, what are, what are we going to do? And so that's when you like, you know, get down to it and, you know, get a victory in a, in a sale or whatever. And we always seem to do that at the end of the month or the end of a quarter, just uh, seem to always be. A positive outcome, and that's wonderful because I know that you miss. You, you don't make every shot that you don't you don't you don't throw. There were definitely a bunch <laughs> of no's for sure. Yeah. A lot of no's. Yeah. So, like, how do you keep going? You know, how do you keep bringing your A game every day after you have so many doors slammed in your face? What keeps you going? Well, so back then, Junab and I leaned on each other a lot. Um, you know, it, it was typically um, we both would have good days, or he would have a bad day, and I would be having a good day, and I'd pump up Junab or. You know, I'm having a bad day. I didn't want to, you know, call, cold call or anything like that. And Janab would like, you know, inspire me as well. So it was kind of that the partnership and the camaraderie that he and I had for those uh, for the first beginning of the years. And then now it seems like our the team and the people that we hire um, inspire each other to do it. And they really do it um, because we have a familial aspect with our with our company and with our culture. And that's very important to us. So looking at how you played on the basketball team and you got a scholarship, um, was that something that was very important to you? Um, I just like playing basketball. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I just, um, that's something that I wanted to do when I was in college, I mean in high school, and um, to play as long as I could. Um, because at the time I thought I, was, I wanted to be a basketball coach. I mean, selling computers was nowhere in my, you know, back then computers weren't even around that much, right? So yeah. selling them wasn't even an option for me. I thought I wanted to be a basketball coach. And then um, when I found out what you kind of, what you're, what you made when you're a basketball coach kind of changed my mind. So um, that's when I got into sales and, you know, my degree is in kinesiology. So I do nothing with kinesiology. So um, 
Did you ever struggle with, with imposter syndrome? Where, where you have your background and your education in something completely different than what you were doing today. Did you ever feel that that would be a challenge? No, I think for me, it, it, it put a, I mean, I have a pretty good big chip on my shoulder anyways, but um, give me a chip on my shoulder, you know, to prove people wrong. Right, right. By living your best life. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about the chip on your shoulder. What would you say is the, the challenge and the opportunity that you've had to, had to overcome? Um, I think like, um, you know, my dad, my dad was a dentist and he was like, like you said earlier, an entrepreneur. People think that my dad, you know, set us up to help, you know, have this company by going to Central Catholic where I met, you know, Janab, that you're this privileged, um, you know, young man that, you know, starting his own company that's funded by his dad. That's, that's the farthest thing from the truth. You know, Janab, Janab and I started by, you know, borrowing a couple thousand dollars from his, his family and from my family. And we paid that off, um, within a year at 30% interest. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Within a year, yeah. So, okay, so knowing that you didn't have that wind at your back of, of family money, you know, was there was that scary? And, and did you feel that that was a risk going into business and putting that bold step forward? Yeah, for sure. You know, when we started, my um, I had to add two girls already, and um, we started on um, October thirteenth, and my third child, my son, was born October sixteenth. Wow. So when you look at it, you think about it. You know, you're starting a business with nothing, you know, just a couple, you know, whatever you had in the bank that you're actually investing into the company. And um, going from there is pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Yes. Pretty nerve wracking. Yes. Challenging. Yes. Well, and that's the, the call of being an entrepreneur as well. I know, you know, so many people put everything on the line to make it happen. And, you know, so looking at your success, you've had rocket sales, you've absolutely gone into a new industry and you're continuing to reinvent yourself and innovate. So what attributes to your success? How do you continue to be innovative? Obviously, technology changes every three to six months, right? And so I think for us as a company, the folks who we hire help us Move into the move into the future, right? The the people that are doing our deliverable services, the folks that are selling our deliverable services, our hardware and software, those folks really keep us going at the forefront. Um, you know, because I didn't you know have a business degree or an accounting degree, it's for me it's very important to hire the right people. And I think somebody I can't remember who said it, but he. You try and hire people that are smarter than you, yes. and that proves to be a good uh, a good leader. I think that's what. Can't say it for Janab, but I know um, for me, you know, we've hired um, some excellent and very smart people to uh, to help us, Janab and I, move our company to the to each uh, each phase that we've gone through. And so you've hit on something very important that I think really helps make a company successful is the power of people. As a new entrepreneur, how do you hire the right people? Our hiring process is pretty intense. I mean, it, some people have gone through like seven or 14 interviews, but they're not like your typical interviews. Will you know they'll, they'll have an initial one where people will talk to them, and then they'll talk to other folks around the office and really get to know and spend some time with them. Um, I'm a big believer when you hire somebody, this is somebody that you're going to spend more time with than you do your regular family because you're spending eight hours a day throughout the day with them, and then you know you. And you go home and you maybe spend like four or five hours with your family and then you go to sleep and then you wake up doing it all over again. So for me, it's very important that you, that this is a person you're going to spend a lot of time with throughout the week, throughout the day, throughout the month. And so it's very important that the, um, 
that the mix is 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 right. You can't have all ta uh, type A personalities. You know, you got to have some Bs and some Cs um, personalities in there as well. So the mix of those is very very important when you're when you're building a company. We've been able to do that, and I think with our leadership, with our leadership group, we've really empowered them to really develop their own business. If it's the accounting business, it's the sales practices, it's the services. It's like running their own business. It's their own entrepreneurial spirit and, spirit. and then it comes up to Janab and I. And then we collectively make a decision. And so it sounds like you have a high-performing team who each knows what they are responsible and accountable for. And so you give them the leeway so that they can lead their own department in their own line of the business. Right. But the, but the lines of communication are open. So if, um, say, our VP of sales, Rob, Rob is out, you know, Rosemary can still um, manage a, a sales call or a forecast call. If Steven's out, you know, Rosemary can handle that and, and, you know, Rob can handle a services call and Steven can handle a sales call. So it goes across the board where they each know their, their own individual business, but they communicate enough where if one is out, they can, they can um, be a backfill for them for so a couple of days. It sounds like a high-performing basketball team almost. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, looking at you know how you have grown so quickly, you know the company started in two thousand, so you're hitting year eighteen, and and you've had phenomenal success. How do you keep up with that? Eighteen years doesn't seem that quick, but yeah, it's <laughs> it's been a long time. But you know we've had some peaks, and we've most definitely had some valleys within the within the company as well. But we've always been able to be um, to be profitable and be successful, right? And so. Again, it attributes to our culture and the people that are that are around us, you know. And part of that is is that we view it like uh, Mobius, the culture as a, as a family, right? I mean, even when your your brother and sister, your mom and dad, you get in, you get into it with them, but then you come back and then you're you're, you're okay, like the next morning at breakfast or the next lunch, right? You're fine, but um, you you talk it out and things work out. But um, we try not to to let things linger. And um, but treat it like a family, and that that's one of the things that's made us successful because you know you're going to get into it with Junab and I are going to get into it, Rosemary, Rob, Stephen, and I, and, and the rest of the teams we're going to get into it. But um, how you respond to that, how you react, is is um, is what makes us successful. And that's wonderful. You know, it's I've heard before truth over harmony, a higher performing team where you say what you think. And you all come together and then have productive conflict, mm -hmm. and then you come out better. Looking at what the future is for Mobius Partners, what do you see? You know, steady wins the race, right? It's not a sprint. So, you know, Janab and I are in our prime business years, right, in mid-40s. And so, um, you know, I think we can, we can grow this thing even bigger. You know, there, there's, we have competitors in here that do the exact same thing that we do for a, maybe another brand that have, you know, become multi-billion dollar companies. And I think... I think we have the possibility to do that. The folks that did it here in San Antonio were about our age when it, he took it, when they took it to the next level, and I think that's where where we're at. That's where wonderful. We can do that. You, you spoke a little bit earlier about valleys. Valleys is something that many entrepreneurs face, you know, in, in the journey and and hitting different milestones to business success. Describe one valley where you felt that maybe the company wasn't going to make it, and how did you pull through? Gosh, we, we've had so many. <laughs> um, see, like when we first got started, you know, we um, we had hired a couple of folks. We, I mean, we were maybe about five or six people, and we're looking for a deal, you know, to to keep the doors open. And um, you know, you build relationships with people not only like when you meet them recent, but years back. 
And um, one valley that, that we had was um, I was playing basketball at the Concord, and um, there was a guy there by the name of Robert Miggins. Um, he was with Rackspace for a while, and um, he saw me, and he goes, hey, is your name Jay? And I said, yes. And then he goes, hey, do you remember we played basketball against each other in high school? We played against each other in the state championship. I was like, hey, yeah. So we got to talking. He said he worked for Rackspace, and I told him what I did and that we had it got to the, we ended up talking and going to lunch and um, he had he'd said well let me walk you over to you know our CTO and see what's going on so we had a conversation with I had I went to lunch with Rob, Robert Miggins and then I, I talked to the CTO and then next thing you know we had this pretty substantial deal with Rackspace that really you know kept us going for the next three to six months. That's incredible. Yeah. So so is the lesson power of people and relationships? Yeah. Definitely, most definitely. And, and so there's a, a sense of optimism that you must have in your brain to be able to know that every chance meeting, every chance relationship could lead to the next Definitely. big deal, partnership. And that's, you know, that's what I tell my, my kids, you know, that the relationships you build in high school, yeah, you may go away and go to college and things like that. But if you come back or you're in, you know, the business community, those are going to be important. So treat them very important. Yes, agreed. Um, looking at giving advice for future entrepreneurs, if you were to know something that you know now, 18 years of having a successful business, what do you know now that you didn't know then that might be a potential blind spot that a new entrepreneur might have? So um, one of your questions was how you, how did you become an entrepreneur earlier? And so, you know, if you look at me as an entrepreneur, I was a kinesiology major, didn't have a business background, didn't have any uh, computer background. Or anything like that, but yet here I am with at a at a technology company. So there's never a right time to start a company. One of the answers I had was it's kind of like having a baby, right? There's never enough money you can save to have a baby, right? You just got to jump in and do it, and then it, it, everything works out. And I think that's what what entrepreneurs think. They're like, well, I got to save this much money to have just in case. And I'm like, there's no amount of just in case that can help you through those valleys. Right, you just gotta have the confidence and jump in feet first and work hard and um, surround yourself with really good people. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, I appreciate Thanks. it. Thank you for listening to San Antonio Business Heroes. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please do give us a review. You can write to us on Facebook and Instagram at SA Business Heroes. Our show was produced this week by Catherine Sanchez and myself. Also, special thanks to Mobius Partners for sharing their advice. I'm Angelica Palm, and you're listening to San Antonio Business Heroes, brought to you by the Bank of San Antonio.